Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. I hope everyone's well um, in these weird and wonderful times. But we are here this evening, um, obviously part of Creative Youth and part of our So You Want to Work in the Arts webinar series. This is part of our Creative Talent Programme, uh, which is kindly supported by the Arts Council England. Um, and this is all about uh, the Creative Talent Programme is basically um, a huge thing we are doing here at Creative Youth in helping emerging talent. Um, and we have got three companies um, that we currently uh, mentor with financial help from uh, the Arts Council as well and help them with their careers and also our way of helping um, other emerging artists are these webinar series, um, which we are running every month. Um, we started off with our Black History Month webinar, then we went on to mental health um, alongside this one tonight, which is obviously all about uh, the arts world post Brexit. Um, and then we will be going on to next month, which is the 22nd, um, which will be all about heritage in the arts and how that goes hand in hand. However, I will um, hand you over now to your chairs, which are Brett and Robin, um, and I'll leave you to it and I'll, uh, I'll see you at the end. Um, so hopefully you enjoy. Over to you, Robin and Brett. Uh, thanks very much, Tom. And again, a big thank you to everybody who's joined this evening. Um, we've got some panellists, as you'll recognise and see, who we're going to ask a few questions to. We also want your feedback and your questions, because what is very obvious is we're 18 days into Brexit. Things haven't settled yet. There's going to be a lot of more questions to come. What we want to be able to do is take those questions and after this meeting, try and find people who can give us the best answers. This won't be the only time we talk about the implications of Brexit, because it's going to be a developing scene. So there's a chat function at the bottom um, and there's a Q&A. Please use the Q&A if you can for your questions. Bretty, is there anything we're missing? There it was, the first moment he was on mute and he started speaking. Well, there we go, thank goodness we got over that one. Um, I don't think we have missed uh, anything really there. That's all of the sort of hygiene stuff, get into the, um, get into the meat. Brilliant. So we've just got under the hour. Um, what I will do is introduce uh, a panellist, give by their name. They will say a little bit about themselves. And uh, the two questions that we're posing at the start for each panellist just to look at are, what are your fears on Brexit and what are you hearing? And what do you think's changed and what do you think's going to change? Um, and perhaps if that's all right, because it's rotten to start with anybody, I will start with Willow. So Willow, over to you. Hello, I'm Willow. I'm 19. I'm a music student and I live in Brighton. Um, and I've done lots of things from playing in symphony orchestras and touring various places and um, doing musical theatre. Um, I think, honestly, one of the things that I'm most scared about is things like funding opportunities it's such a difficult thing when, you, when you're thinking about the arts because everyone's so, I feel like people who are creative are so attached emotionally to it. And we hate to think about the money side. And when that goes in the gutter a little bit, it really is hard to think about. And there are lots and lots of companies that are part of the, like EU, European companies, help fund uh, British companies, smaller companies and there are lots of uh, galleries theatres and things like that that are paired with uh, a lot of other like sister organizations in the eu 
and that can really affect you know things like that um i had a local theater recently um but even due just due to covid and after the brexit deal was signed uh they had to shut my local theater down the um in in berkshire which was really quite sad and it's just that sort of thing and things like uh use of visas use of visas now i mean before before we had brexit we had the right to work and live anywhere in the eu and that for someone especially for me as a musician it's such an amazing opportunity i mean i've been in i was in an amateur symphony orchestra for a very long time and we had absolutely wonderful opportunities to do tours in europe we did places like italy and they've done france and we did the rhinelands in germany and all these beautiful places and places that we are you know connected to and unfortunately now it's so going to be so much more difficult and i feel like also because the arts is not talked about as much by politicians that we need it to be more talked about because most of the time we have no idea what's going on and that's the the scariest bit is that it's very hard to pinpoint what we really can do and so it's up to us good job we're creative because we've got to think of creative solutions to those sort of problems so yeah i think that's definitely my the thing i'm scared of most is just the lack of options and trying trying really hard to find like creative options to widen out what you can do with careers and just experience thank you um and i'm sure everybody will empathize with that um you're one of our young creatives andy you're another i mean originally from slovakia perhaps you'd like to answer the same question if that's okay yeah hi um, so my name is Andy Likova, um, and I've just finished my um, uni studies. I was studying acting and I was um, going to start my career and I had a lot of things planned. Um, and some of them got cancelled because of COVID, but a lot of them are stuff that are going to be affected by Brexit as well. Um, I was... I was going to work on my, um, well, I, I made my own um, solo show and I was, I really enjoyed that and I was going to make more of that and I wanted to bring it back home as well. And I'm not sure how that's going to work um, with everything after Brexit. Um, I have applied for um, dual citizenship as soon as I could, just so I had like something you know, um, a safety net to fall back on. So I knew that I could be like going back and forth because I knew I wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, and yeah, I'm, I have been talking to some of my classmates about what they worry about in regards to Brexit. And um, well, a lot of us want to go into film acting mostly, which I don't think we're going to be affected as much as uh, traveling theaters. Because for us, it's, well, it's, it's not, you know, it's not going to affect us as much. But um, I do have a classmate who made an amazing show and he uh, he took it back home to Romania. 
and then they traveled to a few other European countries. But because he made it in England, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that now after Brexit. So this is definitely something, you know, that's going to affect a lot of people. And also um, jumping off of what Willow said um, about politicians not taking art seriously, I think it's one of my main concerns really about just arts being forgotten and just getting pushed pushed aside and you know yeah <laughs> okay thank you andy um yes politicians um siobhan um perhaps it would be nice for you to come in at that point because you have stood for office and but you've also got an astonishing track record within the civil service as well so you've seen issues from both sides and i know that you've had a keen interest in the arts but also particularly in youth arts so where do you feel at the moment? Yeah. Thanks, Robin. So just very quickly, for those who don't know me, I, I used to be a civil servant. I was in um, the civil service, worked in Whitehall for 16 years and then left to actually try and go into politics myself. And I met Kev, uh, Brett and Robin when I was running first many years ago to be a candidate for um, mayor of London. Um, and I'm also local to Kingston, so I know them very well through the work they do on creative youth um, there as well. Um, Responding to what we've heard, I should say I'm a complete fraud, obviously, because I'm definitely not young by any stretch of the imagination, so I shouldn't be on a panel that's got the word youth in here at all, but um, responding to those things there, the fears that, um, that Andy and Willow have expressed absolutely are the same fears that I'm feeling um, myself at the moment in terms of um, what has Brexit done for the opportunities for young people going forward, young people in the arts in particular. Um, my own, I've got two daughters, one of them is just completing her master's in fine art as well. And so she's been directly affected um, by some of this in terms of having to um, kind of think about future opportunities as well. And it just, um, on one level, Brexit breaks my heart. I, Robin and Brett know I've been campaigning hard against Brexit for many, many years. And it breaks my heart the situation we find ourselves in because there is the opportunities will still be there there's a there's a, there's a positive there but there's so much harder to access and there's so much friction now in the system that my worry is it will put a lot of people off having some of those opportunities that people of my generation and um took for granted i think going forward I think there's something else going on at the moment that Andy mentioned there in her thing is we've got this double whammy at the moment of Brexit reality just starting. As Robin said, we're only a few days in, but we're also in the middle of a pandemic, which is making things really, really difficult. And we have to unpick a little bit of that. The positives that I would say, and I'm trying to be as positive as I can here, because I think that's what we need to do going forward. The last year when we've been in lockdown, so many people have started to realize the value of the arts because they've missed it so much. And the amount of people who have said how much they've missed going to films, to theaters, to galleries, to being able to sing with their friends in choirs, that I think has created this real groundswell now of recognition of how important it is that we don't devalue those things, that we don't ignore those things or neglect those things going forward. And I'll just end here because I'm sure we're going to come back to some of those things. But to me, the positive, optimistic thing from all of this is because of that, I don't think 
young people, middle-aged people like myself, I don't think we're going to allow politicians to ignore this going forward. I think people have started to realise the value of it too much. And even when it comes to Brexit, I think there's going to be some wriggle room in maybe renegotiating some of those issues that Willow was talking about around visas and things. So hopefully going forward, we'll start to see some of those opportunities opening up again going forward. Thank you, Siobhan. Um, and as people or many people I'm sure listening in know Creative Youth organises the International Youth Arts Festival and one of the great things we've always believed in is the strong partnership and relationship internationally for creativity and one of the great friends of the festivals has been Gabriella and I wonder sitting outside what must look like a mad island at the moment um, what's what are you sort of reading into the situation thanks yeah thank you actually it's it's not it's a little bit not in the outside and it's one one side was was not expecting actually to affect me right away and was a surprise for example uh we still have a production going on still pending but um, as you know till the end of the year you have to spend the money for the production if not you are going to lose it so what happened is that we usually ordered fabrics from the UK for the performance and they just gave me a message five minutes ago that they will be late another one week after the four weeks delay because of Brexit. So this I was not expecting. And sure the production because of COVID, we don't know when it will happen. But this, if it was in a normal performing year, it will be a huge problem. Usually it takes three to five days before breakfast for fabrics to arrive from UK. And sure, like find five times less cheaper transportation. So this is one of the problems I was not thinking of at all. Another one that for sure it will come, but it's okay, we will pay somebody extra to do the paperwork every time we want to perform in UK. We will start if we come with somebody ask about festivals, for example, if we will attend festivals, it will come the paperwork of visas, passports, allowing, not allowing, coming, not coming. If Hamlet doesn't take the visa, we have to change the play and so on, you know it very well, which is not a nice problem because we did it before. I think we will go back, let's say like, like one or two or three steps in the things they were like 10 years ago. But I, I'm still optimistic. I think that what will happen, we will try to compensate what it's not like doing more creative projects. Actually, sure, in creative European pro funds, it will be not possible, but we can do partnerships. And actually my manager was thinking, we had a project in mind before COVID to take uh, British actors to work and to start like touring in Europe, which will be a little bit harder. The, also because of paperwork of hiring British actors in a contract in Romania to be allowed to work all over Europe. 
but it's still doable. I'm it will need an extra one, two people to hire and like two salaries more to pay. Like we did it before, we can do it now. What I hope it will happen is that we will try to do like to be a stronger comeback. Because as you said also here, I think people will understand that they miss life because creativity is life. And I remember one of the prime minister of Britain said, why let's uh, in first of second world war, I'm sorry, I don't remember, was on Facebook a lot that uh, we should uh, we should stop uh, theaters and performing going on. I said, why do we fight the war if we stop arts? So I think we are in this kind of situation. And I think usually after when you repress something, this something is coming back strongly. This is my only hope that we will do bigger projects and more important than before. Thanks for that. I mean, there is something brilliantly irrepressible about the arts and creativity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing we're all holding on to is, you know, if history has taught us anything is, you know, I always refer to it, we are, we're the flowers that grow through the tarmac. It doesn't matter how many times they put it down, our roots are strong and we, and we emerge. And even with a question that was bleak, nigh on each of you has managed to find a way to turn it into an, uh, an optimistic view of what is possible. And at the same time, recognizing what is happening is the challenges are going to be harder. And in questions like diversity, It'll be those potentially that have the funds and the support to be able to get through all the barriers that will be able to do it. And the big question is, how do we make the level playing field to allow every person, but particularly for us young person, the right to have those opportunities? Bretty, over to you, Chum. Yeah, one of the questions I've just been kind of mulling over as I was listening to particularly what Willow was saying and Gabriella was saying is where is the information coming from right now? Um, we're talking about visas, you're talking about funding, all of these kind of things. Where are you guys getting information from at the moment? Is it out there? Is it available? Are you having to pay for information? How is that kind of affecting? Perhaps if I can come back to Gabriella first. Yeah, it's uh, information. It's available. The thing is that... Uh, they are, I mean, as you know, they changed some things, but they didn't change other things. So it's like in between what it was before, what it should be now. So things are changing as information, like two weeks ago, we had some information, now we have, and they change in both sides, for example, Romania and England. But if we want a tour, we will see that they change in other European countries too. So it will be another like touring and seeing what the new rules are. They are not only impacting UK, they impact all other countries and they decide like they have a negotiation and in this negotiation then decide how different they will be. So we will see, I, it's, it's not clear still, the, the only, now became a good thing it's that we are not during the season or during the tour and so how covid let us think what we could do and analyze more and have more time of course to have this information because we don't have here a lot of activity in order to like slow things down yes it comes at 
I'm going to be very careful as I say it, but a, 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 the best time almost, if there was a good time and COVID yeah. certainly isn't a good time. Um, Willow, perhaps you can talk us through where you're getting your sources of information from at the moment. Well, I mean, when it comes to things as complicated as Brexit, I think obviously because there is so much going on, you have to be really careful. But I always find a good Google search helps. And really, uh, obviously, the, the vast amounts of information that we have access to these days is completely ridiculous. And uh, you have to obviously be careful with, with where you're going. But like um, The Guardian and I've got lots of, I found, hang on, I have a list of my sources where I found lots of words in, um, NME. Um, ABR Council England, which is artscouncil.org.uk, g.policy.manchester.ac.uk, loads of like where you can find like specific pieces of information that really help to paint a wider picture, especially looking at um, smaller councils, what they're, how they're reacting is I find when I'm trying to look at it helps me understand more how it's affecting the arts than just like looking at the broader picture just because there's so much information flying around um, and also like websites like the Classic FM website has a lot of information that is helpful to musicians and what they I found a, I actually found a petition to sign because obviously uh, people working in the art sector have been left out of this visa deal that's just been signed in this new deal. They've, they've created a, a work visa deal that's essentially left out a whole community of workers. And we now have to pay so much more to work with these visas than so many more people who are trying to apply for work visas. And, you know, our, our access periods are shorter so many people who only want to work in Europe for a few years might have to just apply for immigration and then have to do that whole process if they want to come back um, but I think that the information is out there if you want to find it and you have to be so careful because so many news like even BBC News which has always stood to be you know we're the, just the truth even now is kind of not anymore it's and it's really quite sad that that you know people are it's fear-mongering because fear-mongering creates tension and if we panic we don't think straight and so picking out the information that is actually helpful and there's a lot of helpful information out there if you know where to look and I think definitely just taking some time to just take a look and see what you can find. I found some really interesting things. Thanks, Willow. Andy, where have you been kind of looking and going to for your information? Um, yeah, some of the same websites, um, the Arts Council website, the Independent. Um, what I found um, was that when I tried to look up information on Slovakian websites, I couldn't find much. But I did find information about the petition that Willow mentioned, which gave me some hope, but uh, I think it was um, denied on the 14th actually, and they're not gonna give exemption 
to artists and musicians. So I, yeah, <laughs> I don't really, I, I was hoping they would go somewhere, but I don't think, I think they plan on revisiting the one actually, but well, let's hope. Um, but yeah, just Google your information, but like make sure that what you're reading is actually true. And it's, you know, it's not just fair mongering like we all mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Andy. Siobhan, we heard mention there of the Arts Council, but no other kind of arms of government to provide advice there particularly, um, and and kind of, you know, more hurdles to get over in terms mm. of visas. Um, what's your kind of take on that and anywhere you would recommend people to go? Yeah, I mean, the ex-civil servant in me would say um, it's worth going to the government official website. So certainly look on DCMS um, and they will have hundreds and hundreds of links um, getting down to very specific issues on there. The one caveat I would say is um, things have moved so fast. That I think people are saying even some of the government advice, um, there are gaps and it's not necessarily up to date. So it's worth keep going back and making sure because I think they're refreshing that all of the time. But I think it's worth definitely um, using the government sites, the .gov sites, as that kind of sense check, as the other panelists have said, to just make sure that what you're reading is accurate and not kind of fake news, then it's worth checking it against the government advice um, that's going out on those official sites. And I'd also, again, I would back up that I'm certainly um, a, uh, well, I, I, a victim, I don't know if you call it of that, but I can be very comfortable in my own created social media bubble um, where the same information can get shared around and um, very quickly it goes out of date, but you're still all using that same information in the groups that you're in. So I would certainly say, as Willow mentioned, they use lots of different sources and break out of it from maybe just talking to the people you normally talk to, because it might be that you're not getting the best up-to-date information. Um, and finally, I would say it's worth... Um, checking against the, the European government sites of the European Parliament as well, because they'll be putting out um, their own advice on this as well, how it impacts from the other side, from kind of the other member states looking inwards as well. And I think, you know, the, the point is, it is very much uh, a time of change. And as I said, the information is changing all the time. So, and it's an awful lot of responsibility to put on individuals to go chasing information rather than it actually coming to them. So I would just say, and I, and I think, you know, it's been picked up with one of the questions, perhaps one of the things we can do with Willow and your help is get a list of those websites where you can go to for advice, which I think would be very helpful. Um, undoubtedly, it is worth going to the unions um, in specific areas and to trade publications. Um, we're doing a lot of work with the Society of West End Theatres, which is now acting nationally. Um, and there are, you know, they've got entire departments working. Well, departments is probably over the top. Individuals uh, working desperately hard to tr try to keep abreast of all of this. Um, but it's been incredibly helpful to us as the charity to get a sense of where you're getting information from, um, because you, you're not the only ones who are desperately looking for the best advice and the best information. So moving from sort of the sense of the situation where we find it, the uncertainty that we're in, this is, I hope, uh, one that will lend to a conversation that is about, uh, as Gabriella sort of 
put in there, the way in which we step away and into a new world together. So this is about what do we, what future can you see for creative and cultural internationalism for the United Kingdom? What are we going to be able to do to, to, to really drive new relationships? And although you spoke last, Siobhan, I'm going to come to you first to give the others a little moment's pause and reflection, if that's okay. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up on kind of what I said at the beginning, I think, which is um, despite um, my despair at where we currently are, um, I remain optimistic that there is a better future, that there is a brighter future ahead. Um, several reasons why I think that is, um, there has to be our, um, strip everything back. Our economy depends on it. I, I know last year when I was um, still running a campaign, there was a period in which it was the creative industries solely that were keeping the UK economy out of a recession. So it's just too important a sector and sectors um, for, for it not to succeed. Um, coupled that with what I said about, I think COVID has made people realise just how important um, the arts are to people's lives, to quality of lives, to the purpose of life. Um, and also, I think what we have seen during the last year is the fantastic ability of um, creatives to adapt to new circumstances. So you think how many people have had, I, I, for example, my daughter, fine art, she always did performance art. She's had to turn that into something that she can make physical art out of, take photographs of, to be able to show it virtually online, as an example. I think there are loads of choirs that have come together in amazing ways and just uplifted people throughout the last uh, kind of months in a way we'd never thought before. So I think that spirit of um, being flexible and adapting to new circumstances will very quickly start to um, find ways of creating those international relationships that were so easy to do in the past. That's one thing. But above all of that, I'm just remain optimistic that we will chip away to all of these barriers that have been put in place. And I think the community, as you said, Robin, you're much closer than I am to the unions, to the groups that are coming together who are lobbying against this. I think there will be a groundswell now of people coming together to say this has to change and we will see whether it's in in months or in a couple of years we will see those barriers start to come down again um, and there will be whether it's a new type of arrangement some kind of arrangement you know with the uk and the, and the 20 20 other 27 other member states there will be some new arrangements put in place that will allow those international relationships to happen again and of course don't forget there's the rest of the world so we can't um, forget there's all of the relationships with the rest of the world as well um, that will all remain although even some of those are now slightly harder because we are out of arrangement that, that were there in place with the European Union so I think it's those two things I think it's the culture of um, adaptability and flexibility and just the sheer passion that we have to make this work but secondly I think politically those barriers that have been put up, I'm confident that over time they will come down again and we will see these relationships built back again, even stronger, as somebody said, 
than they were before because we will have realised how important they are and how much we miss them. Having worked in an area where you've seen how pressures, popular pressures, can affect and impact uh, government policy and decision making, what do you think will be the most effective ways of the arts making its voice heard? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. It, it's um, noise. You've got to be noisy for a start. So I think keep up the pressure. Um, I don't know if people are following today, but already the fishermen, for example, who are making their presence heard. You know, we've seen Scottish fishermen driving down to Parliament, um, uh, making their um, problems um, news worthy today. So I think there is something about keeping up the profile, there is something about strength in numbers, trying to organise and coordinate a lot of the best campaigns are about getting as many voices as possible coming together. Um, and as I say, I don't, I, you know, the one thing that you have on your side is that I think whether people have realised it in the past or not, is I think you have the public behind you because you cover so many of those areas, even if somebody doesn't think they are into the arts because they maybe don't go to the opera, they do go to the cinema and they do appreciate all of that. They do like music, you know, in, so all of those things, I think you need to tap into everybody's love of the arts in the most effective way possible. Thanks. Um, Gabriella, the same, you know, how do you see the future of internationalism and, and also, you know, how the UK can play its part? I think that being creative and being especially me in theater mostly, and now a little bit in cinema because we have to shoot online performance. I think even like all young or not only young, they have to learn something from our craft. That means it teaches you to act and take action. And no matter what the conditions are, you have to act and take action of it. I mean, okay, this, this happened. What can we do? We can change it? No. We can like make ourselves heard? Yes. They maybe they have to understand that they can get more programs in order to boost creative side or whatever. Yes, they can at least hear us and see how things can develop more. And um, I was just talking in the morning with my manager and he's like all the time in action, his economic manager only. So he Googled like Willow and he said, Dublin, Dublin still in Europe. <laughs> and said, okay, let's make a, let's find somebody with a company based in Dublin. And we take London also, but we have Dublin. So solutions we find, I think, as I said, we can, we can just have to take action. No matter what it is, we have to take action. For example, in Bucharest, you cannot make yourself heard. You can be loud as 5 million maybe, but is this impossible in the arts? But the thing that we can do, we can make projects and start making them move into the project because they will do it, the system needs to follow. And anyway, if we are not creative, but this is only for us, I think, but some people realize it. If you are not creative, what do you live for? And some people will realize it. And I hope we will 
soon meet and talk about the great things that we did together. And look, it, it, they happen, sure, with a lot of effort, sure, with a lot of mistakes in the paperwork, especially for the visas, hope not. And, but it will be good, I think, in the end. Thank you, Gabrielle. And that picks up on Rhiannon's question that, do you think that allowances will be made for the smaller creators who make minor mistakes during the next few years, e.g. missing one minor piece of paperwork by accident, or will no transition period be allowed? I think we can only hope that forgiveness is in there. Um, it's quite interesting having spent a lot of today doing some online forms how terrifying it is that feeling that uh, by ticking the wrong box you might be sentencing yourself uh, to these sort of nether regions never to be dragged back again but again let us hope that there is an element of forgiveness built into the system as we all struggle to learn new rules andy what's your um i think it's really important for england to keep in place um Give, just keep giving opportunities to people like me uh, for young people, creative young people to come to England and to study. Because for me, I think that was one of the best things I could have done in my, for my career. Um, and if I didn't have the support from the UK government, I don't think I could have done it. Like just financially, I don't think I could have done it. So I think it's really important to just keep those doors open for young people so they know they can still come and still receive the support. So it's it's possible for them as well. Thank you. Uh, Willow. Well, I mean, I think that because of what, you know, everything that's been going on, Brexit and COVID has been going on for such a long time that even before we had the Brexit referendum, we were slowly distancing ourselves from Europe. And uh, for a lot of reasons that sucks, but also there are a lot of reasons why it opens a lot of other opportunities. I'm not saying it's better, in, in a lot of cases it's not, but you know, you have to find the, the silver linings and one of the one of the big big things that has started to happen this recently especially i was reading an article um by i can't remember some news site and they were talking about how since around 2016-17 the film industry in the uk has been able to grow exponentially because because we are distancing ourselves from the uk so many massive us film companies that are filming loads of things like um, you had um, the new Star Wars films were all filmed on location in England, uh, in the UK, or the new, um, the new Mission Impossible film and the new Jurassic World films, and massive companies who are feeling more access to the UK now, it's like these big US companies. And I feel that I, I get the feeling that that's kind of the direction our government is leaning in. And whether you think that's good or not, it definitely opens up a lot of more opportunities to work with um, US companies. Uh, and while it does take us away from the, the European companies, we have, you know, one door closes, another door opens. 
and we have all of this new um, kind of client base to work with. Um, that and also, I think personally, that creative creativity thrives in terrible situations. And I mean, it's the kind of metaphor that's like, you know, you have you have a flower and you have it in a pot and you take care of it and you trim the dead buds, you can deadhead it and water it and give it plant food and it still dies and you can't, you, why does it die? And you go outside and there's a crack in the concrete and this beautiful tree, like a sapling is like sprouting out from the road in the concrete. And you're like, how did you get there? Because its roots run so deep through through the earth and it's just, it's found a tiny place to, to, to pick its head through. And I mean, when you look back in, in throughout history, all of the massive creative movements, I mean, again, I'm a musician, so I'm gonna reference musical movements, like the punk movement in the UK, started in the UK, was a massive movement in the style of music for, for creative youths. And it had a massive effect on places like Europe and America as fallout from that. And I, I mean, we have so much impact. We have, I think we have far more impact on the world than it appears most of the time. And I, I think that even though it feels kind of like we're being squished at the minute, we're gonna find a crack in the concrete soon and we're just gonna come straight up for it. Thank you. Well, um, perhaps we'll take away from here looking for cracks in the concrete as one of the ways in which we uh, scope our future. Bretty, over to you, chum. Well, I think it's exactly that. And following on from kind of Willow's point and also Gabriella's point is that piece about fundamentally we are artists, we're performers, and we're creatives. And to be creative is to find new ideas and new ways of doing things. So I'm going to ask you all to tell me what are the opportunities that you can already see coming from a, you know, a post-Brexit world, a post-Brexit UK. Is this forced separation actually going to motivate people more to reach out and to connect internationally what are the kind of the, the strange byproducts of doing this how are we gonna how are we gonna look for cracks in pavements and encourage cracks in pavements without tripping over them that was a terrible metaphor but you know what i mean andy i wonder if i could come to you first to perhaps tell us where you perhaps see some um uh, some kind of sunlight coming from um I find it really hard to say because um, a, a lot of the, well, a lot of the opportunities I've been given were before Brexit and I, yeah, just, just what I said before, I just don't think I would have been able to do as much. Like looking at Brexit, I would be really worried to just come to England and, you know, study there and start a career and be an actor if Brexit was already happening and I don't I don't want to just sell negative but it would like it still really worries me and it would like if if I wasn't here already I think it would worry me even more so I yeah I I don't really I'm I don't really know <laughs> to be honest <laughs> that's okay 
still searching on that front. We're yeah. looking to have some energy behind this. Where can you see those opportunities? Well, I mean, it's like I said before, with uh, our government seems to be leaning towards more associations with America, which you can take uh, as, as better or worse. But again, it's a whole, like you're going in another direction. But I think that it's definitely caused, I mean, um, like Gabriella was saying, that Dublin is still in the EU. And the fact that your manager, did you say, look, just went, okay, how can we do this? Looked it up, okay, Dublin is still in the EU. We've got a connection right there. And then, you know, work from that. And also, it's it's just, it's a lot to do with the people as well. If you're, if you're forming connections in these places, I feel definitely that, I, I think that when, when you have access to something so easily, it's kind of a little bit slept on. And yes, it's going to be a whole lot more difficult and we're going to have to work harder. But, you know, it's also now been brought to many more people's attention just how good we had it before, how, how you know, we had the, we had the right to work in work in the EU wherever we wanted and you know just go wherever and I feel like definitely bringing that to people's attention can really help people to work for you because they're going to want to work for it um I mean there's I know there's a oh what's it's called the site gallery it's gallery in Sheffield that has a sister organization in Germany and they've applied for EU funding, um, being aided by the sister gallery in Germany. And so you, because obviously the UK is now not in the EU, so we can't apply for EU funding by ourselves. That is an alliance that was created through that. And whether, and you know, it might suck that you have to depend on other people, but you've got, I feel like some strong alliances are going to, to form through this. Okay. Thank you. Siobhan, where do you see opportunities for young people post-Brexit? Yeah, very similar to that, actually. I think this period will force new relationships to be made, whether that's organisations in London coming together, whether it's organisations across the UK coming together because they have shared concerns or shared objectives that they're trying to meet and they might never have come across each other before. They might have met each other while they're Googling kind of how do we do this or whatever. So there'll be new relationships that are formed, which I think could be quite interesting in terms of creative outcomes. I think politically, there will be, you will see lots of new cross party, I hope. So take the party politics out of it, but I think you will start to see politicians working together because they want to make this better as well. And I think that could be very useful if we can connect that up with the right organizations. I think you'll see really prominent figures emerging to try and create opportunities. So whether it's actors or musicians or artists, there will be figures coming forward to try and help create some of those new opportunities. And I think we need to hold the government to account because they have said, you know, those funding streams that maybe came from the European Union before, they now need to be creating new pots of money that people can tap into here in the UK. Um, so I think there will be opportunities there to, to find money in different ways. And finally, I noticed in the chat, some people were asking about some questions about London. 
Um, I think there are opportunities to create maybe borough by borough different relationships with member states, for example. So you could have boroughs working with a member state on some new relationships and new initiatives um, and looking at maybe smoothing the way to some of the visas and the paperwork that needs to happen in those ways. So there are lots of things, I think, um, that could come out of this. Um, and all of that, I think, is good while we still address and lobby for getting all the old opportunities back as well. So it's not an either or. So we could end up hopefully with all, the, all of the old opportunities that we had and having created some new ones. That's, that's putting a very positive spin. Excellent. Well, let, let, yes, I'll take that. Thank you very yeah. much. And Gabriella, give us our final um, thought on opportunities and how they might arise. Really, uh, I'm an optimistic person. I think it's uh, most of it, it's due to the country I live in. For example, here, there is no way that the government will take a lot into consideration things. So, and like talkings and projects like towards a system, it will not solve much, but what it gave me a lot, and this is that every time there is a problem, there has to be a solution. And I think what this open Europe gave, it's a communication between cultures that makes art much more interesting, much more creative and makes us more rich and makes all Europe more rich. But the paths are already open. Okay, Brexit happened, but let's not close our paths. Actually, let's continue them. And I think it's good to inspire others in order to see, look, like some years ago, we could do things towards all Europe. It was good, the projects are much better. And we, we inspire each other's uh, artists because we come with a very different background. So we have to continue nourishing this. And I think things will be different, not like before, but different in a good way. I will take different in a good way. Yes, that's my that's my silver lining. Thank you. <laughs> You're um, yeah, thank you very much, everybody. Um, and, and also our questions that have been coming in as well. We are in a moment of a perfect storm, 18 days into Brexit and with COVID still running rampant in a lot of countries. And the COVID issue has come up in some of the questions in relation to how we emerge from all of this. And I think that's something that perhaps Tom and the rest of the team can take away in terms of a future webinar is actually the ways in which we, as I say, emerge from the situation we are in using our creativity. One of the great joys of the International Youth Arts Festival has been our international visitors coming and the friendships that have been made and the new relationships and the ideas that have been spawned that have then on have gone on um, to manifest themselves in pieces. And as Gabriella has said, and as the others have said, it's not that the fact that Brexit has happened is not an excuse to lose those relationships. If anything, it's exactly the opposite. If we truly believe in internationalism, if we truly believe that creativity is the thing that can bring us and draw us together, then actually there is now more responsibility on us, sadly, to actually get out and make those relationships work. And if we weren't doing it before, then actually Brexit probably isn't going to impact too much. 
you know, the reality is that it's only for those that wanted to do it that it worked. Now, I think there is a big issue around diversity and ensuring that those people for whom that was their one way of getting that sort of access aren't left out of all of this. And again, that's one for us to fight for and one for us to lobby for and one for us to put it. But our argument will be the more convincing if we are making those international relationships and those ideas being developed and showing it. So with our last few minutes um, and a big thank you to co-chair Brett and to Tom and the Creative Youth team for putting this together. We'll just go round and allow, allow you a sort of final word before Zoom kicks us out into the cold winter nights. Um, so is anybody, well, you're all gonna have a go, I'm afraid, so there's no good trying to duck it. Um, a sort of final comment to, uh, and a big thank you to everybody who's come along and tuned in, asked questions or sat quietly. Um, you know, we will return to this subject. If you have other questions, send them in. This is going to be a period of discovery. Um, and the more we talk to each other, the quicker we can learn from each other. So, um, Siobhan, final words. Okay, well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed the, the conversation. Um, final words from me, I think one, um, I want to apologize for where we are. I don't think we should ever have got here. But now that we are here, it has been good, actually. I was worried that this discussion would be very, very depressing. Um, but actually, it's been nice to see some of the positives coming out of it. Finally, I'm going to add on two more positives. I think there are two things that mean the future is going to be brighter than it currently feels like. One is, I think we have learned during COVID to value things differently. And I think the whole build back better will impact the arts in the same way that it impacts everything else. And I think... People will really appreciate the things that they've missed. And then secondly, I think on internationalism, I think the American context is really important. And I think we're seeing a change in the American presidency that's gonna create an, a global context in, in much more of a collaborative international sense. And where America goes, whether we like it or not, the United Kingdom follows. So I hope we see some of the positives coming out of that. So. That's the positive to end on. It's it's not great now, but it will get better. Thank you, Willow. Yeah, I mean, I just I would just I would just harp on about you know the fact that we are so resilient in nature. I think people who are creative, like I said before, we 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 kind of bloom in the darkest places and it's so it's, it's so good to see people you know coming together in this with brexit and covid all happening all at once and you can really see as much as the government tries to convince us that we need to retrain you can really really see how much the arts is needed you know, by everyone, even people who I think wouldn't call themselves creative are still are still linked to the arts. You know, everyone has a bit of their heart devoted to it. And I, I think that as long as we are always passionate and we are always creative, then there is going to be room for us to grow because we will make room for us to grow. Thank you. Uh, Andy, briefly. Uh, yeah, I think it's been really great to listen to everyone. Um, 
And it really just boils down to um, that people take care of each other. And as long as people care about the arts and they will, then yeah, people who just keep caring and it, there, there are positives. Thank you. This. Gabriella. Yeah, I just think that we just have to do what we know that we can do and let's kick some ass. <laughs> Excellent. And so as we close the ass-kicking competition, we... <laughs> um, Bretty, uh, Tom, we'll hand back to Tom in one second, but Brett, if there's anything you want to say. I mean, not really. How can I, uh, can I build on Gabriella's ass-kicking and Willow's silver linings? And we're going to get there. As Siobhan said, it might not be um, the most beautiful place right now, but actually those flowers grow, as we've all used that metaphor. Over to yeah. you, Tom. Thank you. Um, honestly, thank you so much, guys. That's been an incredible discussion. You know, I'm, I've learned stuff that I didn't know before, and I think it's so key that we are in this together, um, as cheesy as that may sound, but we are, um, and we are stronger together as a, as a community, and, and, you know, it's, you know, we can't be divided into sectors into, you know, you know, acting and music. It all comes together now as, as a big um effort to overcome you know two of the biggest things that will happen in our lifetime you know covid and brexit um at the same time we will you know we will get through this and i think we have to stay positive and i do just to mention as well because i did see it in the in the chat about because i am the program manager of of iaf and stuff like that that um iaf won't be affected um by this we we still welcome internationals with open arms um we you know the, the only the only difference that it will make um i can see at the moment with brexit is there's a lot more paperwork is is the biggest thing at the moment that i can see um and we can all help each other with paperwork and you know that's that's just ask help that's that's all the uh, thing to do so well we we are finding ways for iaf to still go ahead even in these tough times um and iaf will be going ahead um this year as well to bring some light into you know our lives and to get back to a bit of normality as well um so thank you all again for joining um again this these are happening every month our next one um as you can see in the chat um, you can sign up for the one on the 22nd, which is all about heritage and how that goes hand in hand with the arts and, you know, identity and migration, all that sort of stuff as well, and cultural um, um, heritage as well, and how that feeds into the arts, so which will be a great little discussion as well. But apart from that, thank you, Robin. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Siobhan, Gabriella, Willow and Andy. Um, it's been amazing chatting to you all. And um, please stay safe um, and stay sane, <laughs> I guess. So thank you and have a lovely evening, guys. Thank you.